Hi, I'm Victor, and, and what's your name over there? Shirley. I think I know you. Yes, for 20-some years. Okay. So you, you and I have a long history to reflect back on our experiences with autism yes. and autism spectrum disorder. And, and, you know, yes, there's a saying that says that if you've met one person with autism, you've met just that one person. But there are some things that I think are going to be relatable, and so I want to ask you about them, and maybe we can help other people answer their own questions a little bit. Okay. That's why we're doing this. Yes, absolutely. Before you ever get a diagnosis for your child, you, you have a suspicion that there's something. So first of all, what are the signs that a parent should at least look for? What are some of the signs? Maybe not all of them, but what are well, some, some of them? Some of the signs, um, I want to say, start with speaking. You know, a baby needs to start producing words according to their development, according to their age. Sometimes they will start producing words and in time we'll lose them. And sometimes they're not going to be verbal at all. That's that's a big, um, big thing to look for. Okay, what's another sign? Another sign is when the child does not look at you or doesn't make eye contact, um, where they do not... Uh, if you call them and they don't look at you or at least uh, turn to you when you when you say their name, that's another big one. Okay. What's what's another one? Um, flipping their arms when they are excited or when they are unhappy. Right. That's a behavior we call stimming, right? It's self-stimulating yes. behavior. Absolutely. This is something that a kid on the spectrum might do a lot. Okay. And what else? Lining objects. Organizing objects. One of our biggest favorites. Yeah. Um, lining everything possible. If it's books, if it's stories, um, even f- different foods that are on the table, uh, shampoos and soaps and the bathtub, um, a big thing. Okay. So do you need to have all of these signs for it to be clear? Or, or are some of them less clear than others? Or... What, how, how do you know when you should start being suspicious? That's a very good question. I ask um, hard ones. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it is a hard one because um, I think most people um, have t- take their kids to be seen around the age of, I want to say, three today when they see that all the signs that we've listed according with a social a different social behavior. Maybe the kid doesn't really want to play with all the other kids. Maybe the kid plays alongside the other kids. Uh, and, and that's usually the time where you, you, you feel that you need to take your, your kid to be seen. Okay. Because you've got all this behavior repeating. Right. So if a kid is playing alongside or in the same area as other kids, but not playing with those other kids. And then you add up we, we all the We call this other parallel signs. play, right? Yes. That's and, what that's called? Yes. And if you add, you know, the, the not having the eye contact or a, a kid is not responding to their name. Um, Taking take in in uh, all of these things together. Yes. Okay. So you decide that you need to see someone. Who do you see? I would start with my the pediatrician. And today, from what I have noticed when we go to our pediatrician, is that there's so much more awareness today, almost in every room. You've got all the signs of autism listed. Like posters uh, and things. Posters, and, and, and they even ask you uh, if you see anything uh, different, if there's something that, you know, uh, the red lights are turning on. Um, and so I think today, as opposed to, let's say, 14 years ago, 
um, pediatrician are much more aware of the signs of autism. And I'm almost sure that if a parent take their kid and say, I feel something is not quite right, help me, they will, they will help. Okay. Now, obviously, that wasn't our experience, but... Not at all. <laughs> but, but on the whole, you think that maybe more awareness has happened since that time and that this is... Yes, and, and this, this will bring me to say that if a parent suspects that their kid is on the spectrum even earlier mm. than three, go ask your pediatrician, go seek help, because today we know that as the earliest you start with therapies, the bigger are the chances that your kid will have a typical and happy life. Or, or just maybe be better prepared for life. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Um, I mean, I would say if if you go to your pediatrician and your pediatrician thinks, don't worry, there's nothing wrong, that the easy thing to do would be to schedule a hearing test, because a hearing test will be able to tell if if the kid hears when people call the name, or and, and just doesn't react, or if it's um, something wrong with hearing. It's a possibility. And then they can, and then they can recommend speech yeah, yeah, therapists. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, there, there are different paths to get to a diagnosis. And, you know, the, the idea is don't just stop at one if you have concerns. If you have concerns and your pediatrician is not um, listening or trying to convince you that everything is fine, from my experience today, I would not stop there. Yeah. And there are plenty of psychologists, neurologists, uh, Places you can go uh, um, and seek help because I I am not the one to take a parent gut feeling as a, right. You don't discount that. I, not not for a minute. No, uh, not for a minute. You you said kids start being diagnosed around like three years old. You said so. Why are kids not diagnosed earlier? Some kids are not diagnosed earlier because. Um, most times, sadly, parents are afraid of admitting that there is something wrong. Um, you know, the fear of what people might say if mm, they find out that my child is on the spectrum, the reaction of the people around us, the 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 loss of... It's, it's, it's not even that, right? When as your parent, you have all kinds of hopes and dreams for all the things that your child could do, and the idea that there's something wrong is is... You're losing the those end dreams. of those dreams. Absolutely. And but, maybe the beginning of others, but you don't see that in the moment. No, in the moment you don't see that. And uh, and, and I think the fear of, it's very easy to say to yourself, oh, it's just a phase, you know, so what if he, the kid doesn't want to play with other children? Or what if he doesn't look at me when I call? He, he's too busy. Um, you can convince yourself with, with little details um, and um, not see what's right in front of you. But uh, at the end of the day, not seeing those things, even if you, know, if you don't sleep well at night because something does tell you that there is a problem, then you're not doing anyone a favor, not you and especially not your child. And... Let's think about it like this, like the reverse, right? If you suspected something and you took your kid in to get seen and, and examined and diagnosed, and they said, nope, actually, your kid is totally fine, that would be a relief, right? It's, yes. It's, that, that's, that's totally an okay thing to do. So no matter what, there's no reason to hold back on investigating it further. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you shouldn't be afraid. 
of what the people around you, sh- you would say or how your kid is going to be. Um... What are the steps that you need to take in order to get a diagnosis? First of all... You said pediatrician. What next? Well, the pediatrician will obviously um, either they are equipped to, uh, you know, to diagnose your child, or if not, they will send you to the to the people. I mean, we went to a doctor who was a, a psychologist. Our path started like this, right? We, we did pediatrician, we did audiologist for a hearing test, then we did speech therapist, and then we did uh, child psychologist. Yes, but um, we did... Um, we did that a little bit roundabout. We could have gone directly to child psychologist if we'd wanted to and we thought of it. But what the, yeah. the benefit of going our path was that each person recommended the next person and each one of them said, you know, I'm not equipped to make this diagnosis. Here's who you need to see next. And we, yeah, it's possible we could have shortcutted that. But in the end, we had a really rigorous, really well thought out diagnosis. And it was it was very clear. Yes, but because our path took... Um, I want to say over a year and a half, I really, really want to stress the point that if you feel that there's something wrong with the child or maybe wrong is a harsh word, but if you feel that that could be something with your child and you start with your first stop and the first stop doesn't see, doesn't agree with you, don't be encouraged to not to to continue and sticking other ways because today to go to a psychologist you don't need a referral from a doctor uh, and and God knows that there's so many places that you can um, go and and with your child and have them um, have somebody sees them um, don't you know don't go to the pediatrician for them to say no everything is fine and then come home and wait for two years until the teacher says something yeah, to if, you if you're not satisfied yeah, with if one you're answer, not you if don't you if, have to stop if there. your gut feeling is telling you that there is something there then yeah please don't stop and, and continue until you find the one person who's going to hear you all the way and support you and 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 help you either you know either by saying no you up everything is fine or there is something, let's start working on it. Awesome. Okay. On our next episode, we're going to talk about different kinds of therapies after you get the diagnosis. Yes. And we will see you back then. Yeah. Thank you for listening.